very funnily went up to him and said, I was Jermaine, is it? I thought it was very funny. He goes, you can call me <laughs> JJ, JJ if you want. This so the whole game I'm there, JJ, JJ. I even shortened it to J at one point. I was like, yeah. well, I scored and he didn't, so. <laughs> OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM, with Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. It's just so unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently genuinely did change everything about my life. You had to be there. Yeah, that's the latest episode of You Had to Be There here on OTBAM. And Johnny, I can't wait for this. We're gonna we're gonna go in uh, order of I guess chronological when this happened. So we'll start with 2001 and uh, a man that uh, lives long in the memories and uh, as a player and still as a manager with Galway Porrick Joyce yeah it's, it's lovely to see that it's lovely to see him referenced again this morning by Lee Keegan and um you know, so many great players, I suppose, don't make managers, but like, I think what Galway achieved this year, and again, history is written by the winners, but Galway were winners this year in many respects to get to an All Ireland final and to produce that performance, which I'll again get to later on in the uh, little clip. But, uh, so 1998 was kind of, um, I, I was I was doing my junior cert and I, I don't know what it was because like I, I suppose my upbringing with Galway watching Galway footballers and the hurlers was like failure constant failure but yeah. the, the hurlers were kind of because of the makeup of you know the championship the hurlers at that stage they were never that far off whereas with the footballers like um, you, you're thinking the, the hammers of Mayo got um, and, and then Galway kind of coming as a, as a something of a force in, in the mid 90s and winning it in 98 and, and in 98 it felt like it's, there was something special about the the feeling in the county and as a, as a teenager maybe you're romanticising it now but there was something special about it and it was because of players like Porrick Joyce and Michael Donlan from the Dunmore Club from your dad's club and um, I don't know John O'Mahony came in and, and it was it was special Subsequently, obviously, the next couple of years they came unstuck, and then the the back door came in in two thousand and one, and um, we'll be talking to a man with strong with strong affinity for Wicklow. I think Galway started off in Ockram in two thousand and one, if I remember rightly, um, and it culminated anyway in a final against Meath, in which they were sort of struggling in the first half, and then Porrick Joyce just got ten points. And Porridge just, just got 10 points. And I remember like... Uh, just the 10 points. Jesus. It was like left and right. And I mean, we spoke we spoke about this earlier with Colm. You do look back in games. And I did look back in this game. I bought I bought it as one of these last ditch like Hail Mary DVDs for my brother as a Christmas gift, you know, when you should have put more thought into it um, a few years ago and watched it back. And I was like, yeah, this, that wasn't quite as good a game as I remember whereas 98 was actually amazing and Galway and Kildare in 98 was an amazing game but Pori Joyce get 10 points I think Mead got 8 Pori Joyce 17 got 10, points to eight, yeah. 17 points to 8 so you're like um, he was an unbelievable footballer like and the, the Joyce's in general what a what a family with a bunch of characters like love the horses love football real like quintessential North East Galway men I think and uh, his, his talent and it, it was amazing to see him make that step into management because you got to remember like there would have been a lot of probably criticism of Porrick Joyce coming in off Kevin Walsh who himself was a club a county legend and it, it wasn't it was very very hard for Galway I think to make the transition to a defensive game like it was for a lot of teams but it, it didn't really work in Galway and then to try this year to 
go back to sort of the roots of maybe the 98, 2001 and our old style of football. And that day, Porrick Joyce was amazing. And um, I, I do recall, I've said this a few times since, reading the Irish Independence the following morning. And they're like, uh, whoever wrote the article, like Galway are basically going to dominate Gaelic football for quite some time now. And Galway didn't win a game in Crow Park for another like 17 years or something. They didn't well, count on the Ulster teams, Armand, their own kind no, of No, and then and Kerry, of course, were, were there always. And I, I think as well that. Um, you know, you, you, I think Galway were inspired by Mayo's failures in '98, but Mayo were getting so close. And I think you know Galway maybe then inspired other teams, but it, it was very, very. Galway never really recovered maybe from losing Kevin Walsh to an extent, and yeah. obviously when Parry Choice himself then got old and the likes of Jaff Allen, that was a golden team. But uh, that was amazing. I was on the Canal End that day, and um, it just became. It, it wasn't like '98 in the sense that it just became a procession. But Parry Choice performs. I was right behind the goal for his. Whatever point he must have gotten eight points in the second half or something like that, <laughs> and um, we just felt like from from this you know sense of being such a downtrodden county now all of a sudden Galway were on top of the world and we had amazing footballers and he was probably the best of them. Yeah, ten points and nine came in the second half apparently for Joyce. Mead fell apart. Like I think he might have been even marking Darren Fay. I trying to remember back now, but like Mead were. Mead had hammered Kerry in the semi and they were well fancied like yeah. um, and Galway were obviously coming Galway were the first backdoor team to win it but um, Porrick as well just yeah they beat Kerry 214 to 5 points yeah. in the semi and it was kind of I, I do remember 98 Galway were heavy underdogs because um, Kildare had all the hype that year and Galway had only beaten sort of Derry or whatever in the semi and, and the, but the, there was this massive faith in the county but like I think it was it was fitting for John O'Mahony that we came back and won it again and mm. Galway were a long time in the doldrums it, it's funny what you think of when Porrick Joyce hit the 10th point that day we were already going to the bar and celebrating and thinking of next year Galway wouldn't do anything for a long time after that and yeah. it'd be beautiful if Porrick Joyce could be the link between the next All-Ireland because um, I got an unbelievable kick out the All Ireland final this year, even though they lost. Yeah, and we'll get to that one as you said. Like, but if you look at that Meath team that day, <clears throat> uh, Trevor Giles captain, you had Graham Garrity, you had uh, Nigel Crawford, uh, Darren Fay, as you mentioned. But the Galway team: Alan Keenan goals, fullback line: Kieran Fitzgerald, Gary Fahey captain, Richard Fahey, uh, halfback line: Declan Meehan, Tomas Mannion, Sean Dupuyer, Kevin Walsh, and Michael Donnell in midfield. All almost all playing in '98, like Barry Richie Fahey, maybe. Yeah. The half forward line is Paul Clancy, Jaff Fallon, and Joe Bergen, and then the full forward line: Derek Savage, Port Joyce, Tommy Joyce, uh, Alan Cairns, yeah. and Kieran Comer came on. But what a team! Yeah, what a team! And um, you know, it's funny the, the, that team then would would probably have run aground in the sort of the defensive system that's followed. And I think that like this is Galway people talk about like Galway have this kind of you know natural style of football but it's it's more or less true it mightn't be like to say that oh Kerry's like Kerry's basically a football county Galway's a lot going on but Galway's style of football is is um is true to the spirit of the game and I think th- th- there was a strange um, disassociation between the way the footballers were going and traditional GA men who couldn't yeah. really watch this anymore and that evaporated last year like completely gone and uh, you know you see I'll, t- I'll talk I'll, I'll nicely kind of bookend this by going back to the final next year and another performance that was arguably better again than Porrick Joyce's but it's beautiful to watch when it's played well and that day Porrick Joyce was probably next to unmarkable Yeah and I think a lot of players <clears throat> even current players we had Shane Cunningham the Kilmacall Crokes captain on recently and he was talking about his dad was from Galway and Porrick Joyce was his hero growing up mm. I'd love to know how many footballers around the country at the minute are, were inspired by Port Joyce because that wand of a left foot uh, I'm sure he's inspired plenty of players um, so that's Port Joyce 2001 final your second pick Johnny March 16th 2002 uh, so over 
20 years ago now but uh, Galway United 2 Derry City 3 the Derry legend Liam Coyle yeah I, I was trying to bring five different sports I think when we'd Vinnie Perth on which is the morning I was on for this I think he may have done five different sports there's Liam Coyle um, and this game was actually this game was in Terry Lampard which is probably my favourite like ground in, in the world really because it was just uh, my love of Galway United and just what that place means to you know a League of Ireland fan in Galway but I again like a lot of these uh, I got into Galway United in 97 so this was five years later and a lot of your memories there was there was one um, I was thinking of going for it was a goal by uh, Bobby Ryan in Belfield and probably in front of maybe 100 people where um, I think it was Barry Ryan who was in goal for UCD he kind of um, made a made a made of a hatch of his clearance and Bobby Ryan with like a half volley from maybe 45 yards just found the top corner and those of us who were there we still speak about this goal and I was doing a piece in the match programme it's like so Woodstock yeah you were there you weren't and it was like I, and then I, I was doing a piece of Bobby Ryan like kind of a nostalgic piece and I was like oh by the way like um, <laughs> I have to bring up that goal in Belfield he couldn't even remember it no way he, he, he scored this absolute worldy like unbelievable goal that would like if a Brazilian scored it yada yada he couldn't even remember it and I was like Jesus, like I mean, I I was such a limited footballer, and I, I I I if I got a goal like that in training, anyway, so he couldn't remember it. So I was going to put that in, but instead I went for Liam Coyle just because I thought, um, he was a good example of the type of player that in the League of Ireland in those days you you get these incredible talents that for some reason weren't playing at a higher level. Mm. Tony Sheridan was absolutely gifted. Um, He played for Coventry so he did briefly play at a high level but found his niche back home. There are players like that. Liam Coyle was one because of injuries. Like Liam Coyle would have been a top top player I think in England um, but because of injuries he couldn't. But that day in Galway and I had to think back Going United actually got relegated that season um, and Monaghan United finished last Going United Dundalk and Monaghan United got relegated Derry City were, were not out of the relegation problems themselves but it was 2 all. Going United went up the pitch to get what looked like the winner in a massive game Liam Coyle who could barely run at this stage was like probably about 34 basically did this mazy run took on 3 or 4 Going United players couldn't run because of his knees and curled it into the top corner and some of the Going United fans just started to clap it's like you were absolute genius and like I had the pleasure of of being in the old Brandywell watching Liam Coyle walk around the pitch and just run games and uh, what a talent. What type, of, what type of player was he? Um, you see, he was the type of player he was was because he couldn't move. So it was like, if you, it's like, we're talking about the, the lads playing Astro who like, they're just so far ahead of you that they don't move but they can they have a touch like he was a goal scorer but he was also like he was part of that Derry City revival when they came into the League of Ireland um, but he, he I forget the, the injury he had but it was a serious career ending type injury and he became a goal scorer like a number 10 didn't move that much because he couldn't amazing touch like amazing touch amazing um like Van Nistelrooy like the touch not very mobile or like a finisher like Van Nistelrooy was like a Ferrari compared to him being a, a tractor like he really could not move very well at all like he really like his mobility was bad and I, I would have seen agricultural footballer yeah. I would have seen him later on in his life but he was he um, his touch and vision and just like you could just see and I remember watching him in, in Lansdowne Road in a little pre-season friendly in the late 90s where he was playing Newcastle uh, and even at that level you could see he's totally in his zone here and any Derry City fan listening in or League of Ireland fan of that genre would know exactly what I'm talking about like one of the greatest talents I've ever seen in the League of Ireland and um, still heavily involved I think in in, in uh, the Maiden City as well and uh, yeah what a what a player I was it was one of those moments where you're absolutely gutted as a fan but at the same time you're kind of 
like you see some of those old goal of the month Matt Letizia is where he, he got that goal against Blackburn and you just see a few people behind yeah. the goal just it's like um, I was at the when Monon played Kerry in Super 8 and David Clifford scored the last minute goal and I was gutted but you're like okay yeah, fair enough what I'm, do you do you're, I'm geez. watching greatness here you yeah know? you nearly even though it's against your team you kind of have to mm. uh, appreciate it he made another Irish cap Liam Coyle as well I think um, scored an FAI Cup final winner um, in Tolka around that time and um, he so he would have played until he finished up until he only finished up the following season so I was lucky enough to see him he'd, he'd been two spells at Derry City at that stage three spells at Derry City four spells at Derry City if Wikipedia is right 100% would have gone which to which it always is right of course yeah would have would have played in the would have played in the old English first division no doubt whatsoever he was that talented yeah fair play Liam Coyle in the books as your second pick on you had to be there Johnny we're going to number three now in, this is uh, a little bit different it's a little bit different but uh, nobody will be surprised to see that there's a, a racing pick in there 2012 at York the Judmont wasn't it Frankel yeah um there he is. Look at him. <laughs> He's a beautiful horse, in fairness. So Galileo would have had... Galileo, the beauty of horse racing, which is kind of... Uh, how do you differentiate between... Sorry, a beautiful horse. So if, if a different horse popped up there that wasn't so beautiful, like how, what's, uh, what, what I, makes I'd a beautiful be terrible, horse? I'd be a terrible judge. So, like, I, I mean, I'm working at... Is it the, the white part on the... He, he well, he'd physically, and in fairness, Galileo. So Galileo would have like the white kind of strike, the stripe, and that's um, he's put that in a lot of his stock. And the one thing about racing that's quite unique that I love about it compared to like you know field sports is that I remember his father, I remember his mother. You're exactly like your father, <laughs> and I remember like Galileo uh, and Galileo spawned Frankel. Galileo passed away recently, and Frankel is now the main stallion, pretty much. Um, but Frankel was a little bit like as Aidan O'Brien said was a little bit of his mind he was a little bit like hot mm. and he, the, his stock are still showing that but Pat Healy the photographer he, he basically nearly threw me out of the press room in Mallow the other day for suggesting that Frankel might be better than See the Stars because I saw See the Stars winning in Leopardstown I saw him winning the Ark and that would have been a close second but when Frankel won that day um, I'm going back now by seven lengths seven lengths so this was the, I suppose the, the main reason I, I put this in was this was the only time I saw Frankel and he was stepping up to uh, an extended mile and two having been running all his races were over a mile or less and he was it was 10 furlongs for the first time yeah and he was sent off 1 to 10 like you know so I mean to have that sort of a bet about a horse that's like clearly amazing but like stepping up and trip and say Nicholas Abbey I remember I backed in Nicholas Abbey to finish second to him or to finish in the first two or something and St. Nicholas Abbey was an amazing horse, won the Breeders' Cup, um, had this kind of a sad death himself. Frankel went by him as if, like, honestly, as if he was just a statue and won by seven lengths. Um, and just looking at the ratings here, it was his, it was, it was given as his joint best ever performance. The other one was when he won at Ascot when he beat Acceleration. Um, and then he went on and won at Ascot. So he, he ran 14 times, won 14 times. And I have to say he was probably the best horse I've ever seen. Like, see the stars kept doing it and did it over different trips. Maybe he was better than him, but see the stars would never win really like that. So you're kind of, it's a little bit apples and oranges, mm. but now, I go racing and Frankel, is produ- Frankel himself had the winner of the arc this year in Alpinista so that continuation is one of the beauties of racing and today in Thurlis I'll go in and I'll remember the dad of such a horse winning or something like that and Frankel is still to me the best ever and York was a great night out as well by the way Jesus right? great city yeah um, you know medieval kind of city yeah really really cool and a lot of Irish over there that day and uh, English racing is kind of struggling for to get attendances now but there was no struggle that day so Frankel 2012 Judmont um, 
the greatest horse Johnny Ward has ever seen. Number three in the books of you had to be there. The next one, Johnny, uh, as a Galway man, another special one for you. 2017, All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship semi-final. Everyone will, rem- will remember this for Joe Canning's moment uh, on the touchline. Tipperary against Galway. Yeah, I like again. There, there's, there are so many uh, examples of Joe you could have picked out. Um, I seem to remember watching his championship debut against Cork when he single-handedly nearly won the game. I think that was his championship debut. I seem to recall watching that in in a bar in in Dublin. So I wasn't there, and there were Joe probably had Joe did have better performances than this. Um, but I'm from. Um, I'm from a, a football part of Galway, effectively. Ballygar Hurling Club is my local club, and it's making great uh, strides. But a lot of the um, exponents of hurling in the area would have been like blow-ins from like mm. the likes of, say, Kiltormer or Tipperary. I'm thinking <laughs> of the Harkins and the Lynches. But the Lynches, Damien Lynch was effectively my best friend when I was in national school. Damien Lynch's dad was Joe Canning's uh, uncle. Right. So Damien and Niall, of course, were, were very good at hurling because uh, PJ was from, I think, Kiltormer. So we had this always this talk about the Cannings, the Cannings. Then I started watching Ollie play, and like Ollie was my favourite hurler. Like he was, he played. He ended up playing cornerback, but he was he was could have played anywhere. The most amazing stick work. So unlucky not to win a senior uh, county all Ireland. Um, but then this lad Joe comes along, and you're like, you know, in terms of sporting tragedies, if Joe doesn't win an all Ireland, like <laughs> this would be an absolute tragedy. And they went into that game against Waterford in 2017, where you know they gave away two sloppy goals, and you're like, is this going to happen all over again? That was one, that was probably the most emotional I've ever been after um, a sporting event. Because really, I was just like the hardship of watching Galway coming so close, and in 2012. When uh, it started out, uh, I think when we hammered Leinster, Kilkenny in the Leinster final and Andy Cunningham and brought this level of professionalism, I think that culminated then in Michal Dunhu, um taking them there. And you, you remember Michal Dunhu meeting his dad crossing oh. the bridge. like the, That sort of stuff where you know there's just so much going on in a picture, not to mind the, the scene itself. But Joe Canning, like as I said, I was useless at hurling, like absolutely useless. Useless at golf, useless with a stick in my hand. But I loved hurling, still love hurling. And that day I was watching, uh, I remember I was wearing like these, these shades and my shades fell down uh, into before. the next tier, like when Joe got that point. And that point, like I had a terrible view of it. I was basically in the Hogan and I had an awful view of it. But when Joe got the ball that day and he looked up and you're like, this is a total 100 to 1 Hail Mary, but he's probably going to get it. And you see him and the, just the noise in the place and the emotion. You forget then that Bubbles went down the other end and had a probably Chance. more strikeable, probably more strikeable, but off his left, I think, that went wide. And meanwhile, my shades were still down in the in the bottom tier, like they were down the tier below me. I wasn't asking. And then everyone was celebrating afterwards and I started, I threw my program down at this lad trying to aim it at his head. By the way, <laughs> you see those uh, pair of parcel or whatever, you wouldn't mind like uh, throwing them up to me. And he did, but uh, oh my God, that that was like... There's some days you come off a pitch and even watching hurling, and you're just like you're not right after. It. Mm. That was one of them. Johnny's Ray Bands in the Hogan stand. Uh, yeah, personal yeah. actually, and Purcell, I, I lost them subsequently as well. Ah, no way. Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, Joe. Um, five, five minutes into stoppage time. I, I mean, and you talk with a photo with uh, Neil Dunham and his father, but photo of Joe as well. Photo of Joe. I mean, and I think it won sports Smiley, file, yeah, photo it's of like, the year maybe. He's he's like. <laughs> It was probably early enough into the shot because the player knows himself yeah. if it's going over or not fairly early. It's just pure 
the biggest widest smile you'll ever see on a player on a pitch and he knows he knows well before anyone that this is going straight over the black spot and Tip Tip played an unbelievable role that day in, in a game that literally was going either way and you're talking about fine margins Tip win that day maybe Galway would still be uh, having not won All-Ireland uh, Championship but like where Yates speaks about like how can you tell the dancer from the dance like when Joe has a hurl in his hand and when you when, when I watched Joe and he'd, he'd collect the ball just look and this flu, fluidity of motion and fluency of everything that he did just the most gifted natural hurler where he is in the pantheon of the greats with TJ and DJ and um, you know Henry who's now our manager obviously and, mm-hmm. and, and even Christy Ring if you want to go back that far I don't know there, there may not be um, a correct answer but I'll never watch a hurler and get the same feeling as I did as watching Joe Canning and we could have done with him in the second half against Limerick last yeah, year tell you this what. year uh, so Galway 22 points tip only 18 the All-Ireland semi-final of 2017 and Joe Canning's great point five minutes into stoppage time that's Johnny's fourth pick on you had to be there final one Johnny another one special for, for you tribes men and women um, All-Ireland football final of this year I was at the game myself with my dad a Galway man Kerry Galway but like, what, so what was your perspective when you're watching like the two sharpshooters of that uh, Walsh was Walsh was even I had Gavin White sitting in that seat you're in on Saturday um, one of the Kerry defenders in the day all-star and he just said he was unplayable mm. uh, like the Kerry lads were looking around at each other going like, he said at one point that when he kicked one of the scores in the second half from the, from the sideline he was just like what what are you supposed to do because the defenders were doing everything right mm. they were pushing you're supposed to push the players out to the sideline try and put him on his bad foot doing everything you can physically do as a, as a, as a defender to stop him but he couldn't be stopped it was just one of those performances from Shane Walsh where you're like, ah, look at, and and then one of those performances where you're like, I know Clifford got man of the match and maybe I, I disagreed strongly with well, that. Well, of but course again, Walsh was man of the match, but I know and I know they have to, they probably feel entitled to give the man of the match to the winning team because they're going to be in the hotel and handing out the awards on television that evening. So I get that that point of it, but if ever you're going to have a year where you throw the rule book out. I mean, Shane Walsh was the man of the match in the Ireland final this year. Yeah, and um, you know you'd forget in the in the Armagh game where like he was amazing for so much of the game and then like Shane would sometimes be prone to the, the odd thing maybe that like he should have done something a little bit simpler in the game and that, I mean that Armagh game was absolutely bonkers <laughs> and Shane gave a terrible terrible cross field ball that yes. to, like yeah. the last goal I think so again sliding doors moments that was penalties so that this could never have been written but like I don't know what you can say about this lad. I think he was probably given far too much criticism over the move to Dublin. Um, you know, there's, we spoke to Lee Keegan. I know Shane Kilkenny and Bernard aren't at that level, but there's an awful lot of commitment, and then the travel and all that. Um, and I know I'm I'm in touch with some of the Nace lads ahead of the game on Saturday, and like at least they don't have Paul Mannion to deal with, but they do have Shane Walsh to deal with. So they didn't want the transfer to happen. But like, how can you teach somebody to be that good in left and right foot from all sorts of distances, all sorts of ranges, all sorts of angles in a game with so much pressure on it? And he didn't deserve to lose the game, obviously. No. But you're, ta- you're, you know, when you're taking on possibly the greatest footballer ever in David Clifford, you're like, well, okay, I can, I can put my hands up here and say, I, you know, as funny as a Galway fan, I was at like the Limerick game in the hurling this year. Um, I was at more or less all the championship games, the Limerick game, the hurling, and the Kerry game, and I was never as kind of less disappointed coming off a big game like that because the Limerick hurling game had everything and their Limerick are exceptional and Galway pretty much left everything on the pitch and the Kerry game was kind of the same mm. and I was I was I've never actually watched the game back because I don't tend to watch games back when Galway lose yeah fair enough um, it's maybe a strange thing I, I probably didn't I don't think even watched the Sunday game maybe I did but I certainly didn't watch the game back so I'd have to watch back again to remember I'm going on the memory of Shane Walsh that day I'll never forget the awe when you're watching this like oh my god how can you do this like and 
he's only getting going really hopefully yeah and it's madness because Tom O'Sullivan Dingle man Kerry man had an unbelievable year for Kerry this year unbelievable <laughs> and and yet he had the, the just the unluck of Mark and Shane Walsh in the final and didn't get an all-star mm. like Tom O'Sullivan must be one of the best it must have had one of the best years for anyone who hasn't picked up an all-star and it's definitely down to the final mm. and and he's so unlucky because he had the nerve to to pick up Shane Walsh yeah uh, in the first place but nobody could have marked Shin Walsh that day so you feel sorry for Thomas Sullivan what do Nace do now on, on Sunday it's ah. like well Nace are I think like Nace are maybe four point underdogs or something like that but their Nace are in with a chance like last year Mannion was playing and um, Mannion got injured then and you're thinking this is amazing but what do, what do you do at club level ah, like, so do you do you change your style to, to, to stop him at a county level it's I think the other thing is that, that Kerry Galway game as much as there were elements of the defensive game in it, it was never going to be anything other than a restoration of the beauty of football. Yeah. And when you see Walsh and, like, pound for pound, two of the most talented sportsmen, like you'll see in this country, <laughs> possibly two of the most talented Gaelic footballers ever, yeah. in what they're doing, because the game's always improving. Shane Walsh to have that ability off his wrong foot is just staggering to me, like... You know, and I'm sure he's had an impact on young players as well. But there's probably kids who have started practice both feet, 100%. kicking points. And it's such an important skill. But Shane Walsh has just highlighted how important it is at the top level. Clifford does it as well. But I mean, imperious Shane Walsh that day. Johnny, great stuff. That was your fifth and final pick. Um, so that is Johnny's You Had to Be There in the books. It's so unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently genuinely did change everything about my life. You had to be there. 